Hey, what's going on, Godly Dating family? Happy Thursday, or whenever you decided to check out the episode. Welcome back to another one. You know, um, whenever you're listening to this, we will be celebrating our four-year anniversary. You know, so thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace for keeping us. Um, This episode may seem a bit weird because um, why would I be talking about singleness? (laughs) The day when I'm talking about The day when we're celebrating our anniversary, I decided to talk about singleness. No, we're not miserable. I promise I'm not. Um, (laughs) I just, you know, want to talk about something that got laid on my heart. And hopefully soon we'll tell you about, you know, maybe four things we've learned in marriage or, you know, things to be aware of or something like that. If it was up to us, I'm praying for another 400 years or the rapture or something. Because the way way America is going, you know, the rapture probably better. (laughs) But... You know, God is good. I want to thank you for keeping us. Um, but today, in episode 55, I want to talk about singleness. Um, a lot of you message us asking about, you know, this subject. And I understand the frustration. I understand, you know, you're trying to figure out, okay, what's the benefit? Because everyone else is married. Everyone else is happy. You know, why am I the only one that has to be 30 and single? Why am I the only one that has to be 40 something and divorced? Why am I the only one that can't be happy? Quote unquote, you know, these are the type of questions we get. And I wanted to talk about it. You know, today I want to read this verse in Genesis 2 and 18. Um, You know, it makes it clear to us, you know, that God clearly desires marriage for, you know, his people. He desires community. He desires for us to have relationships with others. God doesn't want us isolated, you know, Um, Genesis 2 and 18 says, and the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Um, Before I go any further, I I really don't think that verse is simply saying everyone is supposed to get married. So I I do want to make that clear um, because I know a lot of people get the impression, you know, I love God. That means I'm getting married, you know, end of story. And I do know that the scripture said that God gives us the desires of our heart when we delight in him, but many of us don't delight in him, but we want the desires of our heart. And I'm I'm not trying to come out the gate, you know, just punching, you know, because that's not in my notes. But a lot of us, we get the wrong impression that if we love God, then that means, okay, you know, God, all right, let me send up a prayer, Amazon Prime. I want my, my husband here in two days. I want my wife, you know, here in two days. And it's like, that's the impression, you know, we have when we act with God. But I don't want you to think that way because, there is a blessing to being single, you know, so does it, you know, so I know it's kind of weird to say that, you know, you may think I'm trying to contradict scripture and, you know, and that's really not the case, but I think we need a better understanding of singleness in order to appreciate it more because you can't, you can't value something you don't understand. If you don't know how to use something, you will always misuse it basically. So if I have a video game and I think it belongs in a swimming pool, you're going to destroy it. And I think that's what the problem is. Many of us yeah, that are single, many people that are single, they don't understand how to use that that season appropriately, you know, or they don't understand why they're still in it. So you, if you don't understand why you're there, you're not going to be able to live up to God's full highest potential that he has for you because you'll always do it your way rather than God's way. You know, Paul said it this way. In 1 Corinthians 7, verses 7 and 8, he says, But I wish everyone were single just as I am. 
Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. So Paul is telling people, I recommend for you not to even be married. You know, if it was up to me, I would rather all y'all just stay single. You know, we'd have less problems in the church. We'd hear about less cheating in marriage. We'd hear about less arguing in homes. We'd hear about less, uh, they don't, you know, they're spending too much money. We wouldn't have these kind of problems if you were single, you know? <laughs> so many times we, we, we get the impression that singleness is like a step, um, a step, lo- a lower step in, in the, in the house of God. Like we, we treat marriage like it's God's will, you know, it's just, it's heaven on earth and, and there's no problems. And, you know, the people that aren't married are clearly something is wrong with them. Clearly their breath must smell bad because no one wants to marry them. That's how we treat these people as though you cannot be in God's will you know, just because you're single. And I think that's a problem that the church has to be careful with because we don't want to ever give people the impression that they are not where God wants them because they're not where we expect them. Need you to process that. We need to stop placing our expectations on people. Let, uh, better yet, we need to stop placing our ideas or our expectations on ourselves too much that we reject what God wants to do in our life because God has a lot of you single. And many times you want to be married so bad that you will rush and marry someone that God didn't send because you are tired of the current season you're in. But rushing to another season before you're ready for it will lead to destruction. Rushing into marriage before you know how to be selfless will lead to destruction. Running into a marriage before you know how to deal with your lust will lead to adultery, will lead to more perversion. It won't end just because you're married. You know, and I think a lot of people, excuse me, a lot of people, they rush into another season because of the frustrations that are in this current one, but they aren't prepared for the promises that they're praying for. So if you get something that you're not ready to handle, you will lose it, you will abuse it. It won't last. And I say that because many of us that are listening to this podcast, we may not all be rich. I, well, at least I can't speak for any of you all. I know I'm not. I know a lot of these social media influencers is like they brushed their teeth and they just got 3000 in the bank. I'm not one of those people. If you want to bless us on PayPal, Lord knows I'm thankful. I'm going to pay tides off of it. You know, so that's not, you know, we're not one of those people, but it's like we get the impression we look at these people, ah, oh, they have everything, man. I want to be like them. And it's just like, no, you probably do not. And we, we, we focus on things that we see on the media. We focus on things that we see in others. And we allow other people to be our standard. And we allow other people to guide us. And God is just like, I know you want to be in that season, but I'm working on you here. I know you want to be, you know, there's a lot of things I want to do with godly dating, you know, and I have to correct myself when I find myself comparing myself to others, you know, plan on writing books. When I see someone with a book, yeah, I'm celebrating, but then I'm just like, man, I was supposed to write that book, you know, and it's just like, no, God is like, no, you weren't. You were supposed to be where I have you, you know, and it's so easy for us to compare and it's so easy for us to try to get to that next season. And it's so easy for us to want a million dollars, you know, because there's a lot of people that have a million dollars and they can lose it within one week. Let me tell you, they can lose it probably within one day. There are many of you, you know how to steward a hundred dollars 
and you're praying and you're asking God for a thousand. God, I believe that you're able to give me a raise on my job. God, I believe that, you know, you're going to bless me. Something's going to happen. And you're praying for that thousand. And then you get that thousand and you blow it in a couple of days. Why? Is it because God isn't good or is it because you weren't prepared to know how to steward that? And I think many of us were preparing, were praying for marriage. And I believe that's a healthy desire. However, when you're not ready for it and you're knocking on the door and you're banging on the door and then God blesses you with it because that's something that, you know, you felt you just needed today. And now when you're your husband or your wife, they don't wash the dishes, you're, you're upset, you're mad, you don't know how to, you know, respect them, you know, you're mean, you know, you're, you're battling lust, you're still looking at pornography on social media, you're looking at pornography on the internet, whatever you're doing, that's because God was still working on you. You know, and you weren't ready for that next level because God was still pulling demons out of your life. God was still pulling strongholds down out of your life. God was still breaking emotional attachments out of your life. And I think, man, and that's something I should have wrote in my notes. The emotional attachments, many of us, we want God, you know, to bless us with a spouse, but we're not over our ex. You want what's really happening is many people want a, a new person to, to heal the wounds of the old one, but that's not how. That's not how your emotional wounds are healed. Your emotional wounds will be healed in the presence of God. And you have to be willing to allow God to work work like a surgery, a spiritual surgery in your life, whereas he's going to be touching you. He's going to be delivering you and setting you free because the more we spend time with God, that's like a process called sanctification. The more God makes us in his image and prepares us for marriage. And I don't believe that everyone who gets married is automatically um, perfect. No, no, no. You're going to be growing every day. No person is going to be perfect, but we cannot rush that process. We cannot rush what God is trying to do in our life. So I just want to mention a couple quick things, just three quick reasons why I believe singleness is a blessing. And why I believe that you guys, that if you're currently single, or if you know someone that's single, this should be able to encourage you, you know, you know, and stop you from um, allowing the frustration to build up. Number one, I believe that you can do more for God when you are single. Uh, I, I know. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm 100% accurate, but I want you to hear me. I, I believe you are 100% more at liberty to do more for God when you're single. And I want you to hear me when I say this. I am married. I'm happily married. I don't believe, you know, my ministry is hindered because of my wife, you know, so I want to make that clear. I don't believe that's the case, you know, so I want to clear it up, you know, before any of my words get taken out of context. I actually think I've grown because God blessed me with a great wife. God blessed me with a godly wife. I think she pushes me to grow. She supports me in, in the visions that I, I'll share with her that, that I'm getting from God. You know, so a godly spouse is a blessing, you know, but I, I think many of us feel as though we are missing something and we can't be effective for God until we get married. I don't believe that God couldn't push me into greatness if I didn't have Safa. I believe that he's using her as a conduit, yes. But at the same time, I believe that I could could have still done things for God. I believe that you can still do things for God before you get to that spouse. You know, and you know, some examples I guess that I wanna I wanna share with you so I can, you know, better clear this up. You know, if I wanna go on a fast, I need permission. You know, I, I know you guys are looking like, oh, no, no, no. Safa is actually bossy. No, no, no. The scriptures say that you're supposed to tell your spouse that you're going on a fast because on a fast, you're not supposed to be having sex. Let's just make that clear. 
Um, many people here are single, so you shouldn't be having sex at all. Uh, <laughs> so let me, let, me, let me also make that clear. But when you're on a fast, you shouldn't be having sex because you're using that time to seek God. You're using that time to grow. I'm using that time to focus in on Jesus. So when you're using that time to to set aside for God, you shouldn't be having sex. You should just be seeking him in prayer, the word, um, meditation, things, things along that sort that'll pull you closer to him. And your spouse has to be on board because let's just all be adults here. If your spouse wants to have sex and you're like, nah, I'm on a fast. And your spouse is like, when did you go on a fast? I didn't even know you were fasting. Then it's like, where's the communication you know, going on here? You have to let your spouse know. And they're like, okay, fine. And your spouse can fast with you. Your spouse doesn't always have to fast with you. But I can't just say, oh, babe, I'm going on a 40-day fast. And then if my wife even touches me, no, 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 we can't do that. You know, that, that's not God's plan. And it's just like, I didn't sign up for a 40-day fast. You know, so you have to be, you have to understand that now while you're single, you can fast all you want. You can fast till you skinnier than me. Like <laughs> you can do all the fasting you want, but at the same time, those free will fasts and doing whatever you want and abstaining from whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, that's different as a single person than it is as married because you don't have to seek anyone for permission. You just need to do it. Um, you know, if I, and I felt, let, let's say I felt called to, to be a missionary to Asia. You know, I just had a vision. I just woke up passionate about Asia. You know what? I'm going to book my flight, go to Asia, and I'm going I'm to teach people about Jesus. I'm going to set up some Bible studies. Um, there is absolutely no way I can text my wife from the airport saying, hey, babe, I'm on my way to Asia to go preach the gospel. Um, I might come back without a wife. <laughs> it's like, um, excuse me, you decided to just pack your stuff and leave me with the children. You decided to just up and go. You didn't think to bring me. You didn't think to focus on work and paying our bills. Listen, when you are single, you can do as you want. Well, within reason, of course, you can go wherever you want. You don't need permission. You don't have to tell your husband, hey, I'm about to go get my nails done and go to the mall and go with my friends and blah, 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 blah. And you don't see him. Oh, I'm about to spend a weekend over my friend's house. You can't do that when you're married. Just up and be gone for a whole day and your spouse doesn't know. No, they're out worried about you. They're out trying to figure out what's going on. You know, you can't just simply do whatever you want. 1 Corinthians 7, verses 32, 35, I'm going to read from the CSB. It says, I want you to be without concerns. The unmarried man is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But the married man is concerned about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. And his interests are divided. The unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord so that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But the married woman is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. I am saying this for your own benefit, not to put a restraint on you, but to promote what is proper and so that you may be devoted to the Lord without distraction. I need y'all to write down 1 Corinthians 7 verses 32 through 35 and read it, pray it and understand it. Read, let this, ask God, what is he trying to say through that? Because I think Paul makes himself clear. And I want you all to grasp that, grasp it, because it's so easy for us to feel as though, man, I want to get to that next stage. I want to get to that next level. I want to get to this. I want to get to that. But Paul is saying, yeah, when you're married, your focus is divided. Your change shifts. You want it to do all this and you want to do, you're so passionate about God and you want to do this and you do that. And it's so easy to think your spouse is preventing you from walking in your purpose. I don't believe that's the case. The problem is you can't just do whatever you feel. 
if you feel as though God said, let's go change church, you can't just change a church. Your, your spouse needs to be aware of what's going on. You know, and I think a lot of people, we get married and we still want to be single in our in our actions. And that's why a lot of marriages fail, because a lot of people got married um, and their heart stayed single. A lot of people got married and they thought their spouse existed to fulfill their plans. They didn't think to, you know, to change from I to we and from mine to ours, you know, stuff like that. So it's so easy to feel as though um, you want to get to that next stage. But I also want you to understand that it's much bigger than you were expecting. But before we get into the remainder of the podcast, I want to give a shout out to BetterHelp. Um, they are the sponsor for today's episode. And BetterHelp is a resource that I'm telling you guys about because Christians, we as Christians, we need to take control of our emotional and mental health. We have to prioritize this, especially in the winter season. I know like the lo- people mentioned they're lonelier these times of, of, of the year. People mentioned that suicide rates are higher. Depression seems to be higher this time in the year. But BetterHelp is an asset, you know, that'll help assess your need and they'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be able to connect in a safe and private online environment, of course, social distancing. You can contact the counselor at any time. Also, you can set up phone and video calls as you'll desire. So if you're facing depression, stress, anxiety, anger, some type of trauma, understand that they are there to help. And in fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. If you're feeling burdened down, I want you all to enjoy a more blessed and stress-free life. As one of our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com godly. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's mental. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash godly. My second point. It is not God's will for you to settle. Man, I can't I can't stress that enough. I think many times, you know, you know, you're just so tired of the single season. I understand it's so easy to settle. It's so easy to get annoyed with the weight. It's so easy to say wait on God, but the process of doing it can feel overwhelming. You know, when you were 16, excuse me, you had this type. When you're 21, you had this type. You're 25 is just like all right, they don't have to make six figures. They can make five. All right, now you're 30, and it's just like, man, they don't have to make five figures. They can, they just need to be at McDonald's. Now when you're 40, I don't care if he, as long as he walks. When you're 50, I don't even care if this brother's in church at this point. You know, so it, it's so easy to, to you know, you have you have goals for what a god your godly husband should look like. Brothers, you have goals of what your godly um, wife should look like you have you expect them to have this type of character you expect them to to have this kind of prayer life you expect them to live this kind of life and you want you know certain things and you expect certain things and you keep that standard high as you should but it's so easy that as you wait it's just like all right maybe my expectations aren't realistic um and i think some people have some very unrealistic expectations and i believe that's the reason why they're single not because of god not because of the devil, not because they're, you know, whatever excuse people try to come up with. I think people do have some unrealistic expectations. However, I think a lot of people, they choose to settle just because they didn't get their standards met. And listen, for her to, to be modest is not a is not a um a negotiable. For him to be modest, for for them to to love God shouldn't be things that are negotiable, you know. And I think a lot of times, but because you've waited so long, 
you just say, you know what? If, if they don't mind me going to church, then fine, I'll take them. You know, and it's so easy to take that approach, but I think that's the wrong approach because, yeah, for lack of better words, I mean, God doesn't want you serving him and then marrying a loser. You know, <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to sound rude by saying that, but it's not God's will for you to settle. You know, I honestly don't want to sound petty, but I'm saying this because there are plenty of Christians pursuing relationships that are stopping their growth. So you are living a godly life and you're aiming to continue living a godly life, but you marry someone, you settle for someone who's living a a, a lustful um, life, someone who's propelling you into sex, someone who's pulling you into sin, you know, or you're desiring more of God, but you're following, you, you decide to settle for someone who doesn't even attend church and you're passionate. God is giving you a, a big idea. You plan on running your own business and you want to marry someone or you're choosing to settle for someone who doesn't want to work. They just want to stay home and eat chips. You know, it's so easy to settle because you're tired of waiting. But I don't think that's God's will. Amos 3 and 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? And to me, this means that you should marry a like minded individual. This means that you should be uh, connected to people with the same mindset, because if you're passionate about God, I don't think God wants you to settle for someone, you know, without a prayer life. I don't think I don't think everyone, you know, is praying hours in a day and you have to find somebody speaking in more tongues than you. Like, uh, let's not let's not be overly dramatic. I don't think that's what that verse is saying. But you have to have someone with the same mindset. Your mindset is growth. Their mindset has to be growth. Your mindset is honoring God. Their mindset needs to be honoring God. You know, and not. And I say that because I believe that if you have a calling of God that requires for you to walk differently from others, you know, because a lot of you, you say, well, you know, sister so-and-so in my church and brother so-and-so in my church decided to marry someone who wasn't saved and they got married later. And, oh, um, they got they got saved later or, you know, they seem to be doing fine. Or that person on social media that I look up to, oh, they married somebody who wasn't saved and they look happy. But listen, when God has a plan on your life, you cannot be focused on what he's doing in someone else's. When God has a calling on your life, he separates you. He does not want you to be like the crowd. He doesn't want you following what the crowd does. He wants to bless you. So he wants you to move differently, you know, because, and I say that, and I say that, you know, without any, you know, disrespect to anybody who's settling at this current moment, because I know someone listening to this podcast has settled or is considering settling. I'm not saying it as any type of disrespect, but I've seen many people walk away from God because of their partner, you know, a woman passionate about God. But she wanted a man and she married a Muslim and she has not stepped foot in the church since that day. And you may say, oh, that means she was never saved. Uh, no, no, no. Trust me. This woman loved God, you know, and I've seen plenty of scenarios like that. So don't make it seem as though just because someone turns away from God means they never loved him. No. But when you get connected to a distraction, it will pull you far away from the kingdom. When you get when you get when you manage to fall in love with something in the world, it will pull you as much as it can away from God's presence. And I'm telling you, it's a dangerous game to play because I've seen people that were on fire, you know, passionate in every ministry, serving, loving people, you know, doing everything they can. But then a smooth talker came along, pulled them away from the church, pulled them away from devotion. And that fire that they had for Jesus just completely gone. You know, if you talk to them about God, they probably get upset at this point for some of them. They don't want to hear about God because they got connected to someone who wasn't in love with them. You know, and we don't obey God's word. I don't believe that we obey God's word because, you know, we want him to send us a spouse. I don't think that's ever going to be the right motive. 
but we have to love him because of his love and his mercy and him saving us. So if God has done all of that for us, we shouldn't be settling for someone who doesn't care about him because we should be pursuing after a relationship that helps us grow. And my last point, marriage is not God's only goal for your life. I don't know if I just burst in someone's bubble, but it seems as though people think that, um, you know, so we need to stop treating marriage as the pinnacle of purity. Oh, if you just love God and don't have sex and don't watch pornography, then you're just going to get married with an amazing spouse and God is going to be happy with you. Like life is much more bigger than that. You know, so I don't think we should ever think that we are honoring God to get something from God. We are we are obeying God's word because we love God and because we want him, not his blessings, but him, you know, so don't honor God to get a spouse, but do it out of your love for him. You know, don't obey God's word because you want him, you know, to send a blessing. You want a, a job, a pay raise. So God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to attend church. God, I'm going to pay tithes because if I pay my tithes, you're going to bless me with a promotion. No, no, no. Obey God because you love him. See God because you love him. You know, don't, don't think, don't think that we're doing these things to get married. Everything is not about marriage. The main marriage we need to focus on is our marriage to the king. We need to be focused on Jesus more, more, first and foremost, because we see that Adam was in his purpose prior to being blessed with Eve. You know, Genesis 2 and 15 says, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. You know, and it mentions in verse 19 and 20 that God was bringing animals to Adam for him to name them. You know, so God shows him a monkey. Adam is like, okay, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, okay, that looked like a monkey. You know, he sees the lion. He's like, oh, that lion roared. Okay, I'm going to call that one a lion. You know, he's naming the animals. So we see God, we see Adam was already focused on doing what he needed to do, what needed to do, you know, even though he didn't have a partner like the animals did. You know, it wasn't Adam that said, it's not good for me to be alone. It was God that said that. You know, so I want us to pay attention to that. I think the problem is, uh, problem is today in, in the church is that we haven't found our calling yet, but we are in active pursuit of our spouse first. You know, so God is bringing, bringing whatever our lion or our monkey is, whatever our purpose is to us, God is bringing it to us for us to name it, to walk in dominion, to do it. And we are completely ignoring that saying, God, everybody's, the monkeys are dating God. I see two giraffes. Look like they're enjoying one another's company. Where's my company? You know, and God is looking like, I'm trying to get you into your purpose first. I'm trying to get you to do this first. And we're looking like, well, God, I just saw two dolphins um, hugged up inside the ocean. So I need, I need that, you know, and, and basically in our modern terms, that's in our modern terms, that's um, someone getting married on social media. So now we're comparing ourselves to them. Like, God, I just saw what you did for her. And if you did it for her, I know you're going to do it for me. God, I see what you did for him. You just blessed that man with a fine wife. I need that next. It's so easy for us to do that. And so easy for us to compare ourselves. But Adam wasn't comparing himself when God said it wasn't good to be alone. It was God who noticed Adam is doing what I needed him to do. But Everyone else has a partner and I think he needs some company, you know, so I don't believe that just because you're walking in God's will, he's going to bless you with a spouse. I don't think that we should ever take that approach, but we have to understand that our focus cannot be marriage. Our focus has to be God's will for our life and God's will for our life is bigger than that. I know a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people actually say out of their mouth, their ministry is their family. Um, and some of them, I think, I get what they're saying. They had like six kids, you know, they focus on the family, taking care of the home. I understand. But there's a difference between 
I don't want to work. I don't want to do anything in church. I don't want to serve. I'm just going to pop babies out, you know? So I don't think we have the right impression when we say when we say certain things. So we need to understand that God's will for our life is bigger than what we are assuming, you know, because culture tells us that we are to find love, but seeking love cannot fulfill you, you know? So I want you to understand that. They want us to find our happiness and wholeness outside of Christ. You know, that's what the media pushes, but a man or a woman can never complete you. We must find our identity in Jesus and not in a person because people can change but God never will. So you may get blessed with a great spouse and tomorrow you're wondering, what did I sign up for? This person is not my spouse. This person is this, this person is that, but God never changes. And that's why you have to be complete in him and not in a person. I believe many of us won't find spouses until we seek God's will. And I know that's a bold statement, but I just, the reason why I say it is because it's hard to find a godly relationship unless you're first having a relationship with God for yourself. Because I don't know of any godly person that's like, oh, let me go marry that lukewarm Christian. Oh, hey, let me go marry that unsaved person. I don't know of any godly person that ever says that out of their mouth or even thinks it because they want someone who's like-minded, who's going to help them grow. You know, many of us, we, you know, we've prayed for that godly marriage, but we aren't praying just to be closer to him. And I believe that's what God is waiting on. God is waiting on you to pray to be closer to him. I believe your obedience in this season is what prepares us for the promises of our next season. You know, so I don't want, I just want to wrap this episode up here, you know, in James chapter four, verses two to two through three in the NLT, it says this, you want what you don't have. So you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and you wage war to take it from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You know, so James is correcting them that you don't have things that you really desire because you're not even asking God for it. You just think you should should just should just get it. And he's like, even when you do ask God, your motives are wrong. So my encouragement to you today is pray and ask God to work on your motives, to work on your heart in this season. Are you rushing marriage because you feel as though God can't fulfill you? Do you want to be married because you want to give or or do you want to be married because you want to give glory to God and have companionship? Or is this really just jealousy and it's stemming from everyone else posting their relationship on social media? <clears throat> is it because everyone else is married? Is it just because you're 30 or you're 40 and you feel as though that means I have to be married? Not because you're ready, not because you're healed from your ex, not because you, you've, you've prepared for what you're praying about. No, but just because everyone else is married. That's my encouragement to you that I want you to go back and think about. So as you wrap this episode up, I just want to say these couple things. Wow, my computer just started acting up. Whatever. Be sure to subscribe. Share this episode with a friend. If you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a review, hopefully five stars. If you got complaints, email them to me, fam. Don't be leaving bad reviews. This is how people find us. Uh, but click the link in the description box if you would like to support this ministry. If you'd like to join our Patreon family, they get a couple free, couple extra episodes a month. Um, when we drop merch next year, they will be the ones getting free shipments. They will be the ones getting discounted prices. You know, so join the family, a lot in store. And when you listen to this, my lovely wife and I will be celebrating four years. So pray for us. You ain't got to give, but pray for us. Prayer is always beneficial. And if you're a single, I pray that this episode encouraged you. And I pray that you guys have a blessed day. Peace.